Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ArdenFBC.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Hey, church family, welcome to the special snow motion as it's snowing outside. Um, I'm excited to bring you an encouraging word today. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4, so go ahead and turn there. As you turn there, I wanted to tell you a little fun story. I was hearing about this group of uh, senior adult ladies well up into their 80s. They were driving down the highway. All of a sudden, they see those blue lights flashing behind them, and they're like, what's going on? And sure enough, it was a cop. He pulls the ladies over, and he goes up to the driver's side, and she looks at the police officer and says, can I help you, officer? And he said, yeah, um, you're going really slow. You're going like 35 miles per hour, and if you'll notice, the traffic's backing way up behind you. And she said, well, officer, I was just following this speed limit sign. And he said, ma'am, uh, what speed limit sign are you talking about? Well, she said it, it said 35, and he said, no, ma'am, that's Highway 35. And she's like, oh, dear, I didn't realize. He said the speed limit's actually 65, and you're going 30 miles below the speed limit. And then he looked into the back seat of the car, and he noticed that the ladies were looking a little sheepish. And he's like, why are the ladies in the back so terrified? It seems like they've seen a ghost. Their face, they're just white and shaking, and their knees are knocking. And, and, and the lady said, well, we just got off Highway 95. <laughs> You'll get that joke in a little bit. So um, anyway, sometimes things aren't always what the signs say, right? You think it's saying one thing, but it's really something else. And the message today is called Pour Out Your Jar. It's from Second Kings 4. And just to set up the backdrop of this message uh, for you today is that many of us have struggled with life. You know, this pandemic has been so hard the past two years. Every time it seems like we're getting through COVID, another wave happens, and we're just like, why God? And sometimes it's easy during these times of uh, adversity just to hang it up, just to say, well, I'm just going to sit back and just see what happens. But what I would encourage you in this 2022 message is that God wants you to continue pouring. And as long as you continue to pour the oil will continue to flow. So if you if you have your Bibles ready, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says in 2 Kings 4, we'll start in verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. Now, I just want to pause there. Have you ever been where this woman is? That life has happened to her. Bad things have happened. She finds herself with the love of her life being dead. She finds herself in a place where her sons are getting ready to be carried away as slaves. And she doesn't know what to do. Have you ever been there? I want to speak today to somebody that's in a moment of crisis. I want to speak to the teenager that you're really struggling with school you're thinking about dropping out. 
I want to speak today to the person whose marriage is on the rocks and you're just like, man, I, I've tried with my husband. He just will not listen. Or my wife just doesn't understand me. And, and your marriage is holding on just barely. I want to speak to the senior adult today right now that you just got the bad health report and you're not sure why these things are happening to you. I want to speak to the family with young kids and life is just crazy. The kids are so challenging. I want to speak to the person that needs hope. Is that anyone out there? Go ahead and give a thumbs up. Put it in the comment section if that's you. Say, that's me. Look what happens in the next verse. Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? So I want to ask you that. What do you have in your house? What, what has God done in your life? What valuable asset do you have? Notice how the woman answers. She says, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. In other words, I am broke. The creditors are coming. This little jar of oil is not worth anything in terms of what my debt is. But notice what Elisha says to her. Elisha says in verse 3, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors. Empty vessels. Notice the description, empty vessels. Don't gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So look what verse 5 says. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Then he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased or the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt and you and your sons will live on the rest. So today I want to bring you a little snow ocean of hope, and I've entitled this as Pour Out Your Jar. Look at the person on the couch next to you and say, Pour Out Your Jar. If you're alone, just say it out loud, Pour Out Your Jar. So I want to give you eight encouraging points today. No, this is not going to be a long snow devotion. It's going to be short, but eight encouraging thoughts about your circumstances. Number one, someone say, Pour Out Your Jar. All right, Kurt and Angie, I can't hear you. Tim and Cindy, I can't hear you. Pour out your jar. All right, number one is circumstances. How are you going to pour out your jar? Circumstances. Don't let your present circumstances dictate your future destiny. Notice this one's circumstances. Look at verse one. This woman has so many strikes going against her. Number one, her husband has died. Number two, she is broke. Number three, the creditors are coming. And number four, they're coming for her son. She's got four strikes against her. And she doesn't know what to do. But what I want to encourage you is, just like this lady, just like this widow, she did not let her circumstances dictate her identity. She knew that something could happen. She believed that God could do something. She didn't know what, but that's why she's calling to Elisha. She's like, I don't know what to do. I, I know God can do something. I just don't know what. She finds herself in a situation. She said, "My your servant... Feared the Lord, the creditors coming. So she didn't know what to do. But it seems like there's a sense of hope in her because she goes to the man of God. She didn't just give up. She didn't throw in the towel. So don't let your circumstances dictate your destiny. Even when you don't know what to do, turn to the Lord. 
In this case, she turns to the man of God, Elisha. She says, I don't know what to do. So there's a story in Israel's history about a young shepherd boy. And against all odds, everyone looks at this giant and says, he is so big. David looks at this giant and says, he is too big to miss. I'm going to take my sling and I'm going to go after him in the name of the Lord. You come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Others looked at their circumstances. David looked at his God. So number one is circumstances. Don't let circumstances dictate your destiny. All right. Someone say pour out your jar. All right. So let's hear you, Amanda, at home. Pour out your jar. Number two is relationships. Everyone needs someone to lift you up when you are down. So notice this woman, it seems like she's all alone, but she has some key relationships. First of all, we see her two sons are there. But who does she call upon in times of trouble? She calls upon Elisha, the man of God. And I want to encourage you folks that when crisis hits, and it will hit your life, when crisis strikes, you need people in your life. You need community. You need people that you can pour your life into and that others can pour their life into you. They've done recent studies um, over the past few years about friends. And according to one study, you are the average of your five closest friends. So I want to ask you, who are your five closest friends? You're going to be the, the average of them spiritually. You're going to be right in the middle of the pack financially, uh, right in the pack intellectually. So I want to encourage you to surround yourself with people that you want to become like. Surround yourself with men and women of God who will lift you up when the going gets tough. So here's the thing about this lady. She had relationships. She had Elisha, um, and he was there during times of trouble. And you need people like that. You need people that will connect with you. All right, someone say, pour out your jar. So not only does she have relationships, she has resources. Did you know that God has given a treasure inside of you that he wants to get outside of you? So look, look back at your Bibles. Elisha, verse 2, says, what shall I do for you? Tell me what is your, in your house. And what did she say? I have nothing except, and it was like this little jar of oil. She's like, I don't have any valuables. But here's what I want you to get. God starts with what you do have and uses it. The little boy that fed the 5,000 plus the women and children, what did he have? He had just a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took what he had and multiplied it. So I want to encourage you, stop looking at what you don't have. Like, I don't have this resource or I don't have that. Instead, focus on the blessings that God has given you. This woman, she says, I have nothing except this little jar of oil. And Elisha told her to use that. And he's, he's going he's gonna to do something amazing through the power of, of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want to ask you guys a question. Please put this in the comment section. What does oil represent in the Bible? Go ahead and put that. I'm waiting for your comments. What does oil represent in the Bible? All right. Yes, oil represents the Holy Spirit. Oil is often a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And what you see throughout Scripture is oil is used for anointing. Prophets were anointed, priests and kings. You remember David, the shepherd boy, when Samuel opened his flask of oil and poured it all over him, he was anointed. And whenever we talk about Jesus, we say Jesus 
Christ. Does anybody know what Christ means? It means the anointed one. So here's the thing. Jesus was anointed how? He was anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's amazing about this oil, it was a literal oil jar, but it serves as a further symbol. It serves as an application that if you have oil in your life, you do have something. You can't say I don't have nothing. If you've got God in your life, you have something. So think about oil. What do you have in your life? All of us have time. You have 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You have talents and skills. You guys have spiritual gifts. God has gifted you spiritually if you're a born-again believer with at least one spiritual gift. Um, you have relationships, as I mentioned. You, you have prayer. You have love. I mean, there's so many resources within every believer. So God wants you to pour out what he's pouring in. So what is he pouring into you? Has God blessed you with something? Has he encouraged you in some way? Pour out your jar. Someone say, pour it out. Pour out your jar. All right. Number four. The fourth big idea is responsibility. And that you have a divine mandate to pour out your oil into the empty jars around. You look back at verse three and four. What did Elisha tell her to do? He says, go and find empty jars all around you from your neighbors. Notice the jars had to be empty. Why did they have to be empty? Well, if they're already full, full, you can't pour into it. Right. I mean, what's the point of pulling it, pouring into a full jar? It's already full. And I want that empty jar to symbolize you before Christ. God will not fill a full vessel. So if you're full of yourself, guess what? God is not going to fill you with his presence. If you're full of pride, guess what? God's not going to fill you. God wants you to come to him as an empty vessel. He wants you to come to him and say, God, I don't bring anything to the table except a heart of faith. And repentance. And you know what will happen? God will take your empty vessel and he will fill you with his presence. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles. Okay, we're in 2 Kings 4. Go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. This is a little a side note. Paul says we have this treasure in what? Earthen vessels. Think about this. What treasure is he talking about in 2 Corinthians 4? He's talking about your body is an earthen vessel. And we have this treasure that the, the glory, the majesty may be of God and not of us. So God will take you, even a cracked jar, and he will pour his glory into you so that you can, you can tell the world about this treasure, about the God who lives inside of you, the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we talk about the treasure of the gospel, we get the word out. So I want you to think about that. Second Kings 4 and 2 Corinthians 4. It's talking about this earthen vessel, this jar. And this jar is filled with oil so that it can be poured out. So I just want to encourage you, as I mentioned, oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. More than 200 times oil is mentioned in the Bible. And it's often, as I mentioned, a metaphor of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So for now, I just want to take this moment in this snow ocean, just to give you this practical point. You cannot do ministry apart from the power of the Holy Spirit, not ministry that's effective. You cannot live a victorious Christian life apart from the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he's your divine counselor. He's your guide. He's the one that's going to be your teacher. 
So don't try to live your Christian life apart from the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Someone say pour out. All right. Joe Perry, say it at home. Pour out. Number five. How do we pour out our jar? Well, we've got to look at devotion. And I really want you guys to get this thing. This is one of my favorite points. By the way, I was going to show you this commercial break. Commercial break. Gospel grit. What does it say on the back? If you got gospel grit, you don't quit. So I'm wearing my gospel grit t-shirt. little commercial break here. Um, number five is devotion. Private devotion always comes before public demonstration. Private devotion always comes before public demonstration. Look what happens in verse five. Elisha says, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So what this lady does in verse five, she instead of her getting empty vessels, notice what happens. Uh, She and her son shut the door and it says her sons brought the vessels to her. So she was kind of like. You heard what the man of God said. Go get the vessels. (laughs) So she sends her sons to the neighbors, bring back vessels, and then they shut the door. Why did they shut the door? Well, they wanted to block out all distractions. Think about people, the neighbors talking. Did you hear about her? Yeah, she's going bankrupt. Did you you hear about her? She's lost all her money. And all of a sudden, the boobirds start coming out. So you have to shut the door. There's times in Jesus' ministry... Where he had to get the negative people out and shut the door. We see that in the book of Acts. Shut the door. And this is kind of a symbol that God wants you to focus on him. So you got to get out distractions. Don't listen to all, all the noise. But listen to the Lord. So you have to shut your door. And Jesus tells us that when you go into your prayer closet, what do you do? You shut the door and you pray to your Father in heaven. What is God teaching us through? Shut the door. Block out the distractions that keep you from hearing from God. Allow God to refocus and recenter your mind on him. So here's the, the other thing about shutting the door. It's private devotion. So here's the thing. Before you can pour your oil out into others in the lives of others, you have to shut the door. You have to let God pour into you so you can pour into others. Otherwise, you're going to get burned out. You wonder why so many people in ministry quit. Sometimes there's valid situations that happen and we get that. But other times it's because the private devotion wasn't there. They weren't spending enough time shutting the door. So they were pouring their oil out to others where they weren't being replenished. And eventually they get burned out. So shut the door. Allow God to pour into you before you try to pour into others. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, shut the door. Private devotion comes before public demonstration. All right. Someone say, pour out. All right. Pour out. There you go. Lori Talmadge at home, say, pour out. Okay. Dana and Sarah, say, pour out. (laughs) Number six, pour out. As long as you keep pouring the oil will keep flowing. What did you say, Timothy? As long as you keep pouring, the oil will keep flowing. Look at verse 5 and 6. She shut the door. The sons brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to the son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. So here's the thing. As long as the oil kept pouring, it kept flowing. Whenever you pour more, you get more. And you are poor until you pour. So here's the idea behind it. God is going to give empty vessels. 
And as long as you're pouring out, the oil will keep flowing. But there is a caveat. God doesn't want you to burn out. He doesn't want you to pour out what you don't have. That's why you've got to have the private devotion. God's going to fill you up so you can pour out. So they kept pouring vessel after vessel. And then eventually the vessels ran out. So I would encourage you, don't limit your capacity by the number of vessels around you. Allow God to show you the, that ministry is the possibilities are limitless. God has called us to go into all the world and make disciples. That's a lot of vessels. That's a lot of people. So where do you start? You start with the people around you. Right now, as we do the snow of ocean, for those of you who are single, think about the people in your lives that you live, work, play, people in your networks. For those of you who have families, who are you pouring into? As long as you pour more, it'll keep flowing. The oil kept flowing as long as she kept pouring until she ran out of vessels. Amen. All right. Number seven. Someone say potential. Potential. Don't limit what God can do by the number of jars around you. I've already alluded to this. But look back at verse six. Bring me another vessel. And he said, there's not another vessel. So how do we limit our potential? How do we limit our thinking? Well, I'm going to give you a few application points. And you say, amen, or ouch, if these are true. Sometimes we think way too small. How many of you realize that God is so big, but we, we think so small? And we give reasons why we can't do something. Listen, don't limit the potential of the pouring by the way you think. Sometimes we dream way too little. How many of us stopped dreaming in second grade or fourth grade or sixth grade? When, when a dream didn't happen, we stopped dreaming. You know, keep dreaming. Keep pouring. And as long as you keep pouring, the oil will keep flowing. Sometimes we limit our future because of our past. We say, well, this didn't happen for me then, so why would it happen now? Listen, God is bigger than your past. So trust him. Sometimes we get distracted. How many of us have just got so distracted that we don't even have time to pour? So I want to, I want to encourage you to not limit your potential by just your thinking, thinking. By your small thinking, allow God to do Ephesians 3.20. Are you ready? Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power that's at work within us. So listen, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. So think about this woman. She's pouring out and she runs out of vessels. Listen, as long as you're pouring out and you're allowing God to pour in, he's going to continue to give vessels i.e. people for you to pour into. All right. And finally, someone say pour out. Brother Martin at home, say pour out. Tom, say pour out. Annie, pour out. All right, I'm hearing you. Finally, and this devotion, as I said, would be short, live. You can now truly experience the life after you have poured out your life. Notice verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons will live on the rest. So here's the thing. God multiplies that which is surrendered to him. So I want to encourage you, as you pour out your life, then you can say you truly lived. We've not really lived until we've lived for Christ. And we've not really lived for Christ until we've poured out our lives. Because Jesus' last commandment was what? Go make disciples. And his last commandment is our first priority. So you've not really lived until you've lived for Jesus. And you've not truly experienced life in Christ until you've shared your faith in Christ. So I want to encourage you to pour out. 
Now, just to summarize things, this was a literal true story of what happened to this lady. And what we've done today is we've drawn some application points. Okay, oil. What does that symbolize in the Bible? Okay, oil. Pour out. Okay, how do we apply it? So here's, here's what I want you to do is take this story and be encouraged through what happened, this historical event. And by way of application, look at your life and think of things like this. Number one, is there anyone I can mentor? Is there anyone I could pour my life into their lives? Okay, serve the needy. Maybe there's someone like this little widow in your life that they're having financial needs. Maybe you can be like Elisha in the story and you can encourage someone. So that may be a potential application. So I just want to close with this. As you pour more, God will give you more. He'll give you more opportunities to serve him. He'll give you more opportunities to, to help others. But there is a caveat with that. You have to close the door. You have to experience his private devotion before you can have public demonstration of the ministry of what God is doing. Get in your prayer closet, shut the door, and allow God to work like only he can. Someone say, pour out. It's time to pour out your jar. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you're good. God, as, as we pray over our church, I'm reminded of so many different people in the church that are struggling, God. And I just want to pray that you would pour into them, God. I pray for Bob Garfield, Lord, as he's having uh, this transplant coming up, that you would pour into him your healing, Lord. I'm thinking about Alan, God, in the church, Lord, as he's struggling with his health, Lord, that you would just pour into to Alan and Deborah Presnell, Lord, and you would encourage them. Lord, I'm thinking of Doc Carter that's had a tough week, Lord, that you would pour into her, Lord. I pray for all the believers that are listening to this message that you would pour into them and you would encourage them and you would help them, Father. Folks, continue to pray. I, I want to speak to someone that's watching this and You've never opened up your heart to Jesus. Listen, you are that empty jar. And God is asking you this. Can I pour myself into you? Will you open up your heart to me? The gospel is the good news that even though that we have sin, even though we've fallen short, Jesus died on the cross for us. And he didn't stay dead. He rose the third day. So if you've never invited Jesus to save you, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you, while the believers are continuing to pray, I want to pray for you. To say this prayer of faith, it's no magic in your words, it's a prayer of faith that you're turning your heart to God. To say this, Jesus, I do believe. Jesus, I realize that I'm an empty vessel, I don't have your Holy Spirit living in me. So Father, just tell God right now, Father, I pray that you would save me. I pray that you would forgive me of all my sins, I turn from them. And I turn to you, and Lord, I receive what Jesus did on the cross through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And I choose to follow him today and for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us for the Snow Ocean. I just want to encourage you to, to send us a prayer request at office at ardenfbc.com. We'd love to pray with you if you have any prayer needs. And for all of our church members, if you would like to give this Sunday, even though we're not in person, you can give right on our website safely and securely. That's at ardenfbc.com and just click on the giving link. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And let's get out there now and sled with the kids. Hope you have a great day. Blessings to you.